All This Podcast is brought to you by All This International, supplying your expert AI and digital transformation staffing needs across the US and Europe. Today, you are listening to our AI in Action series, where leading minds in AI from across the world share their story, success, and advice. AI in Action cuts through the hype and explores the true impact of artificial intelligence in our world today. You're listening to AI in Action. I'm your host, JP Valentine. Our returning guest today is Charles Fisher. Charles is the CEO at Unlearn AI. Charles, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you back. And we wanted to start to feature return guests to to hear how the journey has been since we last had you on. And as we're recording this, it's almost one year to the day that we released the first episode with you. Um, So I refer everyone listening to this, maybe go back and have a listen. But for those who have not heard the previous episode, could you please give us a very brief overview of Unlearn, who you are, what you do and the mission of its business? Yeah, absolutely. So let me start maybe a little bit even higher level than our mission and like our reason for being. What gets us up in the morning? And Unlearn is really on on this really super long-term vision to really redefine, to reinvent medicine as a computational science. So a computation first vision of medicine. So that's really, really big. And that involves an enormous things. And I always tell people like that might take forever. (laughs) That could be a really long time before we really see that. So what we really focus on today is one really specific piece where we think that we can have a really big impact in the next five years. And that's on medical research. So our goal is to use computational models to accelerate medical research, in particular clinical trials. So we develop what we call prognostic digital twins of individual patients who are enrolled in clinical trials. So we're using these computer models to simulate how patients in clinical trials would respond if they were to be given the control. And we can leverage that information from these simulations to design clinical trials that are smaller, that have fewer patients being randomized to controls. And that enables us to run trials with biopharma companies that are a lot faster. So you might be able to cut six months or even a year or sometimes more off of the timeline for the trial and to do it in a way that's real win-win, where the pharmaceutical company gets a faster less expensive clinical trial, and the patients who are volunteering for that trial have a greater probability of being assigned the experimental treatment, which is usually the reason that they participate in the first place. Thank you for that. Super helpful. Let's jump straight into the last 12 months because there's been several milestones and pieces of pretty exciting news regarding the success and growth of Unlearn. So I'll hand it over to you, man. Take it from the top. What's changed over the last year? Give us some insight into the amazing results and we can jump into it from there. We've obviously had a number of specific milestones, a few of which are public and we can talk about. I think in general, it's been a really exciting year for us in terms of really product validation. So when you're an early, really early stage company, you have some idea for the product. You have this big purpose, but you can't just solve that big purpose right away. So you break it down, you come up with a product that you think is going to work today and getting the validation for us from our customers and from regulators that the solutions that we're developing are valuable and our people want right now. That's really huge. So we, I don't remember the specific dates on when things happened, but in the past year, we announced a uh, partnership with Merck KGA in Germany 
applying our approach, what we call a twin RCT, to some of their late stage clinical trials in immunology. So that's something that's working with one of the top pharma companies in the world, doing this really innovative approaches to clinical trial design and execution there. That's something that we're really excited about. A second thing is all of the work that we do, we're not just focused on speed of these. Like you can always run a small, fast clinical trial just by lowering the bar for the evidence that you generate. Our whole thinking is that, no, the evidence, that's like the evidence you generate, that has to be there. That's the whole purpose of the clinical trial. So whatever it is we develop, we have to enable uh, trials that are faster, but they have to generate at least as good of evidence as a regular trial. Um, so we wanted to go through uh, a regulatory qualification procedure uh, at the EMA, and they released a draft qualification in March describing how, why, and how our approach produces rigorous evidence from these clinical trials and stating that it's appropriate for both phase two and phase three trials. So that's something that's, again, super exciting. And really on the back of those two milestones, we went out and raised a $50 million Series B financing in April of this year that was led by Insight Partners. So something that we're really excited about, and we hope to have a number of more announcements coming out in the second half of the year. That's incredible. Congratulations. I know we spoke off air and we talked about how exciting it is and the validation is great, which will only magnify and amplify the great work that you're doing. So with the with those partnerships and the recent round of funding, what does the next 12 months look like for you, both from a, a day to day project, but also the growth, you know, and with the growth, the, the personnel, you're obviously growing. So talk to us about what the next 12 months look like day to day particularly from the side of those behind the scenes working hard on, on the data team. What does it look like? Uh, and then where are you going to get to in the next 12 months? You know, our real business goal is around expanding the number of disease areas that we're working in, at least the business goal that really intersects mostly with our data and modeling team. How can we now take these models for creating digital twins of patients in some diseases and reproduce those and actually not just reproduce those kinds of results in new diseases, which we definitely want to do, but we just generically want to make everything better. When I look at what we've seen in some areas of machine learning and AI in the past few years, when you look at like AlphaFold that came out of DeepMind, when you look at GPT-3 and DALI from OpenAI, we've had some real discrete qualitative changes in the types of things that people are doing. The results people are getting are much better than other people had anticipated. And that's what we are driving at in our area. We want to build models for simulating disease progression in patients that are qualitatively better than what anyone else has seen before, qualitatively better than what anyone has thought could be possible. So we want to have that real phase change in, in, in what AI is able to do in this domain. For when that's what our that's the mission that our data and machine learning teams are driving towards over over the next year. And what does their day to day look like? It looks like a bunch of different things for us. One of the big challenges that we have on the data side is that data and healthcare are super heterogeneous. They're coming from lots of different sources. So we're really figuring about out how do you even build the big training data sets in this domain that you would want to get that qualitative change. So we're aggregating data from tons of different places to be able to build these big, these big training data sets. And then, you know, our machine learning team is developing 
not only you know applying the algorithms that we have today, but we have a robust machine learning research group that is developing new methods to really make use of the kinds of data that we get in healthcare. So they're consistently working on all of those things. On the team side, yeah, we're growing across the entire organization. The machine learning group is growing, data group is growing, as well as the business side of the company growing as well. In terms of philosophy of growth, we're really about quality over quantity. We want to have top, top people, the best researchers, the best software engineers, the best statisticians. That's what we want to have. And we want to be known as having really top people and having those people come on and really focus on that purpose, redefining medicine as a computational science on our current mission of accelerating medical research and clinical trials. And so we're not really growing at like the breakneck speed some companies do. We're very deliberate about our headcount growth. We grow by bringing on people who are great and making sure that they can they can instantly join the team and contribute. That's really what we're focused on. So we're growing, but we try to manage the growth. Not It's not growth for growth's sake. It's growth because we want to achieve it. You are listening to the Aldis Podcast. When you're looking to scale your team, or if you are interested in showcasing your company in a future episode, reach out today. Or if you're in the market for a new role, visit our website to view open positions, www.aldis.com. Bringing in top level performers can have a profound effect. It's order of magnitude. And look, there are always organizations and situations where you'll need your B and C players to make up an overall squad. But at the stage you're at, you need the the, the A players who are bringing value and can hit the ground running. Hard to find, but they gravitate towards companies like Unlearn, which leads nicely into my question, which I've asked you before, where I want to ask you again. When you're sat and talking to these A players, the best of what's available in the market, these guys have a lot of options available to them, as you well know. What do you tell them about the mission, the environment, the reasons why they should join Unlearn over some of the other great opportunities available to them? Typically, when we're talking to like really top-level scientists and engineers, they're interested in working on solving some sort of really difficult, challenging problem. That's like the most important thing, I think, that com- comes to them. They want to take on an ambitious, difficult problem. And yeah, we definitely offer that. When you look at, again, like what our goal is is to do is really to redefine people's expectations about what AI can even accomplish in this area. I think that people are thinking way too small about what you could use. And so we were our goal of building these digital twins of patients, you can dig into the uh, like technical details of what all of, all of that would involve. And it's super hard. It's not as hard probably as making AGI, like the problem that could solve the, the algorithm that could solve all problems or whatever, but it's up there in terms of the kinds of difficulty that we're talking about taking on. And that's really what attracts those top scientists and engineers. I mean, you look at, you know, how is it that DeepMind and OpenAI and these, all of these companies are attracting them. You want to be a part of something big. And so the idea of being a part of sort of artificial general intelligence, that's a big thing. And a lot of people want to leave their mark there. And, you know, what we're talking about is a computational medicine. When we think, I think about this idea of a digital twin, 
as a computer simulation of an individual person. That's a really amazing technology that would have transformative impact, not just within clinical trials in the next five years, 10 years, but I mean to medicine broadly, if we're capable of, of building that. Talking about these transformative ideas, giving people difficult challenges to work on, that's what the top people want. They want to be able to take on those things and solve them. Final question for me then, Charles. Let's say we do this again in, in another year from now look into your crystal ball, what will be some of the other milestones that you hopefully will have hit in a year from now? Like a lot of the stuff, one aspect of right, I think about healthcare and about these things in general is we don't see immediate returns on the stuff that we do. It, it does take a time. It takes time to build these big contracts, build these big relationships. It takes time to do the ML, R&D and to build the data sets. So we're laying the foundation today for the things that we're going to see in a year. What I think one of the biggest things for us in a year and that we're really heavily focused on is we most of our research so far as i said the merck thing we talked about being in immunology and that that is one of our first projects that's outside of the neuroscience space and we've done a lot of work in neurosciences neurodegenerative disease like alzheimer's and als and huntington's we really want to be start expanding into other disease areas and that's a big focus for us over the next year so i hope that we'll be making a number of announcements on the regulatory front on the partnership front as well as just publishing a bunch of scientific papers over the next year that we're we're really pushing the frontier of these technologies in the ability to build these digital twins really across the spectrum of diseases. And yeah, a lot of announcements like that coming out in the next year, but I think people will have to follow along to see what they are. Let's get you back on a year when you're able to tell us about some of the announcements you're sitting on and see what else you look you will have accomplished. Charles, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Congratulations on the year that you've had and the those major announcements. You've already hinted at there's some new stuff in the near term. So hopefully by this time next year, when we get you back on the show again, we can learn about some of the other incredible announcements and the continued success that you and the team will have. So good luck with the rest of the year. Thank you so much for coming back on and we will talk to you again very soon. Thanks, JP. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Aldis Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any Android podcast of choice. You can also head over to our website, www.aldis.com, to listen to more podcasts, view our open roles, and stay up to date with industry news. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more great episodes coming very soon.